Hello and welcome to this episode of the Daily Walk Heaven Words podcast. We are in the 29th week of Ordinary Time and we are really challenged by something amazing, a word that Jesus gave us to repay to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God. What does that really mean? Let's open our heart and our minds so that we can enter into the mystery of the Word of God, God revealing himself to us so that we can live as children of God. Let us pray. Almighty ever-living God, grant that we may always conform our will to yours and serve your majesty in sincerity of heart. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. The Pharisees went off and plotted how they might entrap Jesus in speech. They sent their disciples to him with the Herodians, saying, Teacher, we know that you are a truthful man and that you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. And you are not concerned with anyone's opinion, for you do not regard a person's status. Tell us then, what is your opinion? Is it lawful to pay the census tax to Caesar or not? Knowing their malice, Jesus said, Why are you testing me, you hypocrites? Show me the coin that pays the census tax. Then they handed him a Roman coin. He said to them, Whose image is this and whose inscription? They replied, Caesar's. At that he said to them, Then repay to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and to God what belongs to God. The Gospel of the Lord. We are entering as a church the last stages, the last weeks of our liturgical year. We are closing up, not immediately, it's going to happen soon, but uh, we are reaching the end of the liturgical year and therefore the liturgy of the word intensifies it. Now we are asked deeper and deeper questions, making sure that we are prepared for the last Sunday of this year where we will hear what is going to be on the final test. Aren't we lucky that we know what the question on the final test? I remember when I was a teacher, I would spend a lot of time preparing the lesson with handouts and things, and the only thing, the only question I would get at the end of class was, is this going to be on the test? Like, okay, well, why don't I just give you the answer and find out if it is. We now know what's on the final exam when we will see God face to face. So keep coming so you will know too. Uh, but we are, again, we are reaching the, uh, this time when we are now entering deeper and deeper into our hearts 
and question all the aspects of our life. To be a Christian does not mean just to show up for church and do charity work whenever we have time and we can. It's a lifestyle. And therefore, everything is uh, touched by the gospel. Every part of our life or our mindset is, must be touched by the gospel. Okay, so where are we now? We are in a very particular time of the life of Jesus. The opposition is increasing. And therefore, now the Pharisees are losing their battle and they are trying to find new ways to entrap Jesus so that they can take him out. Isn't that loving? Isn't that wonderful? And they are doing this, as Jesus told us, because they, they are thinking that in doing so, they are doing what God wants. Watch out. Because God never asked us to entrap other people, make fun of other people, and use, you know, diminish the dignity of any person, no matter what that person is saying, no matter what they're standing for, we must be always recognized as another Christ, recognized by the love that we have for all people, especially our enemies. Amen? So we say sometimes it plays in our mind. Of course God wants me to make fun of that person because that person is against what I believe, right? God must be approved, you know. I'm God and I prove this message. No, that will never happen. God always commanded us. By, Jesus said, by this they will recognize you as my disciples if you have love for one another. We got it, all right? So let's enter into the story to find out how this gospel passage is going to challenge us so that we can make a choice to continue to follow Christ by living the gospel. The phrase, repay to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God, is one of the most popular ones that Jesus said, that people know. And it's used throughout history to highlight the way we relate to the authority of the land where we live in. And we are always mandated to obey the, la the laws of the land. So we, in this way, we give to Caesar what is Caesar, and what God, and what is God to, to God. But what's going on in the gospel? How can we apply this to our whole life and not just to the fact that we have to pay taxes. No matter where you go, in time or in space, we all have two things in common. We all know we die and we all know we have to pay taxes. Amen? So let's put our soul at rest. We, that's what happens. Good. First of all, we have uh, something very special in this gospel passage. We have the Pharisees that they are losing their battles against, God, against Jesus. So now they are sending their disciples and they are sending them with the Herodians. Normally, the Herodians and the Pharisees would never work together. They would, it, it was just impossible for them to work together because their agendas were completely different. Now, I don't know if you can come up with anything in your mind, people you know in this culture, that will never be able to work together? Well, that's pretty much the same. The Pharisees and the Herodians had different political views. One, for example, was in favor of the Romans being 
in the land. And therefore, they wanted the Romans to be supported. Remember that the Romans invaded the land. And therefore, they imposed on, on them another tax. They were already taxed by the temple tax. But now they had this incredible heavy tax to, because they had to pay to the emperor. The others, on the other hand, believed that the Romans had to go back home because they had their own land that God gave them, they had their own laws, and they don't need the Romans. What do you think? Do you think they can get along? They cannot get along. And yet they now work together because they realize they have a common enemy. Jesus, isn't that nice? Jesus brings together even those people who are enemies. Unfortunately, they decided to get along for the wrong reasons. Oh, well. So now what happens? They approach Jesus and they ask him a question. Jesus, however, the gospel tells us two things, that he knew, Jesus knew their malice, and Jesus calls them hypocrites. Why? They just told him, you are a good guy, you evaluate people not based on their status, but they're based on what you think is the truth, you're doing the will of God, now tell us what your opinion is. And Jesus goes, you're hypocrites, you're here, and you're not motivated by good thoughts. How does he know? Well, on one hand we can say, of course, Jesus knew the hearts of people. But there is in the gospel, there is a majestic uh, clue that tells us that they are not motivated by anything. So why? The culture of Jesus, like Mediterranean culture, all the way to the time that when I was growing up in Italy, it's a culture that is, it goes very, very slow on paying compliments. When somebody plays a compliment to you, you must deflect it. Otherwise, you're going to jinx it. For example, uh, we would have a guest at home. My mom would cook a meal, right? What else is there? That's what happens in any Italian household. You eat. Um, so very common, it's very common that the guests will pay a compliment to my mom. Said there was a, such a delicious meal. My goodness, it was very good. Thank you so much. My mom had to say, oh, no, no, it didn't come out good at all. You know, this wasn't, you know, I didn't do this good. And then deflect. No, my dad, pointing at my father, he is the chef. He cooks much better than me. And it's true, my dad was a chef. So now you see what happens. The compliment was sent. Mom had to say, no, it's not good, and deflect it. If you take it, it's in our belief, I don't know where it comes from, is that next time you cook, you're going to burn everything. And you just can't afford that. <laughs> just too much. You remember in the story of Jesus when somebody says, good teacher to Jesus. And what does Jesus say? Why do you call me good? Only good. Only God is good. What is he doing? The compliment arrived and he's deflecting it. That's typical of the culture. Now they pay an incredible amount of compliments to Jesus. And you know that's not normal. So that in and of itself will say, hmm, they are trying to play me. Do you understand? It's a little tidbit. You can play Catholic Trivia Pursuit, uh, you know, with your friends. You can impress them. Very good. So we now know that Jesus is already knowing that the question that they're going to ask is going to be tricky. 
And what is the question? In other words, they are asking Jesus to be part of this polemical argument that is going on based on politics. And Jesus is going to take the argument and turn it. Sometimes we do the same. We put Jesus to the test. We put the church to the test. We put bishop, priest, everybody. If somebody doesn't agree with us, my goodness, we are going to put them to the test. Why? Because we want to see whether or not you agree with me or not. If you agree with me, woohoo, you're best, you know. People do that all the time. If you don't agree with me, eh, there is no chance that you're going to make it. And I just absolutely enjoy reading comments. Now the Pope gave us a new encyclical. And people, before the encyclical was out, people were already against it. Like, how good are you? You don't even know what the text says. But we, because we know that the Pope is not going to agree with us, so bam, you're going to get it. We need to be easy on this, because the only thing that we are revealing is our intention of not following what the Gospel says. So, now the question is, is it licit to pay tax or not? Well, do we have an option? Do we have an option? Really? Are taxes optional? No, they're not. Were they optional at the time of Jesus? They were not. So, you see how people are trying to play and they're trying to, and sometimes we, some, we are doing this as a culture as well. We are playing one against the other because at the center of everything, there is always our way of looking at things. That is not compatible with the gospel. We must all look at ourselves, each other, in the way that God does. So now they want to put Jesus in the middle of this political argument. Jesus does something amazing. He takes them and he actually places them under the test and they are going to fail. He says, remember that these are the super righteous, right? The Pharisees, they are, it's a lay movement that of people who commit themselves to follow all the ru rules of Torah. They're awesome. So these are super righteous. So what happens? Jesus says, give me a coin. Show me the coin that you pay the taxes. And ta-da, they give it to him. And it's a Roman coin. They lost the test. Why? They were not supposed to have it. Because on that little coin, there is the picture of uh, the emperor who made himself a god. On the other side of the coin, there is the picture of the mother of the emperor in the shape of, in the pose of a goddess. It was not, they were not allowed to have the coin because, again, you as a Jew, you cannot have anything that has a face of a person, especially if that person claims to be a god. Why did they have it? Well, because it happens very, very often in our nature that we are all in favor of something unless it touches our economy. If it's advantageous for us, we are willing to bend the rules of God. Even though we say we are super strong in our faith and this, but if it's not convenient, hmm, I'm not letting the gospel go there. And I'm holding on. 
because God and my belief cannot touch my economy, cannot touch my convenience. You see? So they were willing to walk around with the Roman coin. And that's why they were hypocrites. Remember the word hypocrite means to be an actor, to pretend to be someone you're not. They are pretending to be super good. They are pretending now to wanting to know if Jesus was going on one side of the political agenda or on the other side of the political agenda. Jesus takes the issues and places himself above their issues. And that's what we always want to keep Jesus and the church. Not on one side or the other side, but above. Because the church, as the body of Christ, must take everything and everybody inside. Are you following? Challenging, but that's the reality. Jesus, we cannot bring Jesus into our battles. We have to make sure that he's always above so that everybody is part of it. So now it's basically saying, give to Caesar what is Caesar and to God what is God, implying that they are not giving to God what is God's. They are still having the coin, the Roman coins. You remember that in, uh, when Jesus threw the money changers in the temple area all around, their job was just that, to take the Roman coins and give them a coin that did not have the image. So they had alternatives, but they did not want to go in that direction. They kept the money from the Romans. Hmm, interesting. So, what are we to do? How can we make ours this message so that we, we can live it out? I've been thinking about this, and I said, you know, first of all, what is God's? What does belong to God? Any guess? Everything belongs to God. So I know what I'm supposed to give to God. So if God gets everything, what am I supposed to give to Caesar? Everything that belongs to God. And that's our way of looking at things. You remember we talked about this when we were looking at the, uh, those parables of the vineyards. We come here and we bring to God everything that we have and we take from him everything that he gives us, that is himself. And it is exactly this that we are entrusted to give to Caesar out there, to bring into the world. We come here, we receive Jesus, we transform, we, uh, we allow him to transform us into him. That's the power of this sacrament. And then what do we bring out there? Jesus. We become Eucharist to the people. We give to Caesar what is God's, everything that we have. That is God's. Do you understand what role we have in the world today? You understand how we can put this into practice by making sure that the love that we receive is the love that we pass. Is their right to have the love that God has for them through us. We come here and we receive the gospel, we pass on the gospel, the message of love. We come here, we receive Jesus, we give Jesus to them so that they too can become the body of Christ. It's their right to receive what we get. We cannot keep it to ourselves 
thinking that what we do here, it's like being part of a club. It's just for us. We must make sure that we become bread for the world. As we continue to pray, we want to thank the Lord that He is revealing Himself to us as such, such a loving Father that is now inviting us to continue the ministry that He started, to be part of His plan so that every person on earth can experience how much God loves them by the way we love them because that's the way we are loved by Him. And with this in mind, we continue, we take the challenge to make sure that we don't fall into the trap of the politics or the trap of all these issues that goes around and making sure that Jesus will always be above all the issues so that we can see more clearly how to live our lives as children of God. And I hope you felt inspired by the gospel to become aware of the role that you have in the world to bring whatever God gives you in the Eucharistic celebration and give it to the people. They are waiting for you, for all of us, to give them Jesus by the way we love them. So let's commit ourselves to say yes and let's continue to pray for one another indeed so that we can continue to spread the gospel by the way we live. And I'll talk to you soon. God bless. Bye-bye.